All right, would you all stand on your feet as we get ready to preach the wonderful word of the Lord. Are you guys ready today? Hey, listen, pastor is sick this morning, so please pray for him. Um, Really late last night, uh, the family, a text thread was going through the family. If you can only imagine what those are like as everybody is, oh. So a text thread was going and pastor was like, hey, I'm sick. You know, I'm not feeling really good, and I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Krista always says, uh, up here in the front row, his daughter, my wife, she always says, give him his, give me his notes. I'll preach his notes any day. So I put, as I'm typing the words, well, just give your notes to Krista. She beat me, and she said, no problem. I'll preach them. Just give them to me. And I kind of thought, you know, there was a lot of joking, so I didn't really take this sickness seriously until a phone call came at 630 this morning and said, hey, I'm really sick, Sean. So... Are you good? We can call in. I can phone a friend and we can have somebody speak. I said, Pastor, no, let's do it. Give me your notes and uh, we'll just, we'll have fun this morning. You already prayed for it. You labored over this. This is the word of the Lord uh, for the Grace Place Church this morning. So let's go ahead and do it. So that's what's happening today. Are you all ready? Hey, um, so we're going to open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. If you got that, go ahead and turn there. And um, here's what it says. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and by supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I just want to point something out because I love this scripture. A long time ago, I discovered this, but that word where it says the peace of God will surpass, that word surpass it's a, it gives a, a, um, a visual picture of literally like climbing over something, okay, surpassing. So I see this as the peace of God, no matter what your mind is thinking, uh, no matter what is going on inside your heart, the peace of God is so powerful that it can climb over the way you think and the way you see things and surpass all of your understanding, because how many know our understanding's messed up? Climbs over our understanding, and in the middle of the nastiest tragedies of life, will guard your heart, and it won't get corrupted, and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Aren't you grateful for his word? Father, we love you today for your word. We thank you for your word. We pray that your word would do what it promises, that it would just go past our understanding, guard our hearts, guard our minds. We thank you for the wonderful word, God, that leads us and that guides us, that instructs us, that encourages us, that challenges us. In Jesus' awesome name, amen. You can be seated this morning as you say amen. Well, hey, uh, the title of the message today is All Stressed Up for Christmas, all right? Did y'all get that one? Not all dressed up for Christmas, all stressed up for Christmas. For some reason, um, and for some people, The Christmas season goes just like the song says. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, I don't know about you, but right after Thanksgiving, as you're walking through the grocery stores and you're hearing that song playing, it doesn't really feel like the most wonderful time of the year. It kind of feels like, can we just wait a few more weeks, please? But no, not in the retail world. In retail world, Thanksgiving night, I mean, stuff is being transformed Chris is coming out in all of its glory. But I I just wish we could just kind of wait one more week. But the truth is, for a lot of people, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. I hope today that no matter what your situation is, that God's word today can bring you some encouragement this morning as you are getting ready to enter one of the most truly joyful seasons of the year. 
Now, I need you to help me out for a couple minutes. So I'm going to say a phrase, and when I say it, I need you to finish the phrase, and you have to actually shout it out loud, okay? Can you all get your shouting voices ready, and everybody clear your throat on three? One, two, three. I didn't want to clear my throat because it would have been really loud. I have a microphone, all right? So here it goes. I'm ready to throw in the... I'm at the end of my... I'm a bundle of... Come on, guys. Now, I can't make fun of you because as I was like retyping all the notes and praying over this morning, I, I got to this one and I went, I'm just a bundle of... And I was like, I don't know this one. But apparently many of you don't. So it's okay. We're in good company. Okay. How about this one? My life is falling apart. Okay. Good. Falling apart. I'm at my wits. Okay. Good luck on this one. This one is so hard. I mean, this one is tough. I feel like resigning the... I told you it's hard. I I feel like resigning the human race. Come on, guys, what, what's, what, what's wrong with us? I'm going to talk to myself, too. What is wrong with you? You should have known that one. Let's talk a little bit about stress today, um, especially as it relates to this season, to this time of the year. Let's talk about, firstly, the certainty, the certainty of stress. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, it says, We are pressed on every side by trouble, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. I know some of the old school people in here are going, we get knocked down, and I get up. Okay. Um, Psalms 119, verse 143. That was not in his notes, by the way. I just want you all to be just clear on that. Like, can you see Pastor, like, rocking out to that? No, I can't. Um, Psalms 119, 143 says, as pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. Here's what I love about both of these scriptures. The Bible says that no matter how pressed and stressed we get and and how perplexed life can be, and no matter how much pressure bears down on us, the Bible says that these things, for those of us who are in Christ, they will not break us. They They won't smash us. You won't get squashed. Because those of us who are in Christ, there is a way out. In the Bible, the psalmist says that we actually can find joy in the middle of all that stress through his word, through his commands, through God's guidance. The truth about stress is that stress is an equal opportunity provider. Stress actually knocks on every door. So if you're in here today and you're feeling good and you're like, stress, I got that one in the bag, man. It is all good. Just, just wait a little bit. It'll come knocking on your door, and you know, I I am typically, mm, okay, I can be a little bit of a stress bucket, but overall, I don't sweat very many things in life, but I'm telling you, I've just had new levels of stress in my life right now, but you know what? (laughs) Adding two kids, it's like, you know, like, um, what what are those little, those little, and you just put water on them, and they just grow, and it's like instant, like our family, like, uh, we went from one to three kids, like, overnight, completely overnight. And my stress levels have just gone through the roof. Like, it is unbelievable. I look in the mirror, I'm like, who are you? Like, what did you do with Sean? And I'm sure my wife is thinking the same thing. And my poor daughter's like, what happened to my dad? I'm like, the other day, I literally in the kitchen, like, they're both screaming, whining, just they all want something different to eat. And I just looked at them and said, guys, you're killing me. Seriously, I need you both to go away. 
Your piece of pizza is in the microwave. Your hot dog is up next. Leave me alone. And, and I, I seriously, I, I don't know that I've ever done that to my daughter before, so she's probably like looking at me like, what happened to my dad? And then, and then after she started walking away, I said, Ellie, don't worry. Your daddy's just, he's just kind of freaking out a little bit right now. And um, I can't remember actually what I said. I think, I, think, I think I said, I'm going cuckoo. That's what I said. I'm just going cuckoo. And she goes, yeah, dad, you are going cuckoo. Here's three things I want, us to, I want us to notice about stress. First of all, it's documented. The Mayo Clinic claims that 80 to 85% of their caseload is stress-related. A leading physician says that 70% of all medical patients could cure themselves if they could get rid of stress, much of what is self-imposed. 25 million people take medication for stress-related symptoms. And it's estimated that 43% of all American adults suffer uh, adverse health effects due to stress. Did you know that 1 million American workers miss work each day due to stress? That's a lot of money. That's what I thought. That's a lot of money. We're talking about the certainty of stress. It's documented. It's going to happen. It's going to happen to you. Life is stressful. The next thing I want us to notice is it's deceptive. Most of the time, the apparent problem is not the real problem. We think the problem is our anger, our impatience, or our frustration, or maybe in my case yesterday, the kids yelling at me, but actually, those are the results, not the cause. See, when we have a bad day at work and the littlest things set us off, we're like a ticking time bomb, much like my kids experienced yesterday. And you don't want to be around when the bomb explodes. Now, don't elbow your spouse. Don't be like, yeah, I told you. Don't do any of that. Because oftentimes we point at our spouses or our kids or our dogs. We just always got to throw the dog in there. The poor dog. I'm telling you, your poor animals get thrown under the bus more than anybody I've ever known before. But the culprit really is none of those things. The culprit is actually stress. So many marriages could be saved. So many families could be happier. And life can be improved for us if we could learn to just manage our stress a little better. Here's three things about stress. It's documented, it's deceptive, and the next thing is stress is destructive. Someone say destructive. The Bible says in John 10 and 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he'll do it any way possible. He'll find everything in your life that is your weakness, and he'll just use that, and he'll steal, and he will kill, and he will destroy you. Stress is a thief. Stress literally can rob us of our happiness, our joy, our health, our relationships, and our very own lives. You know, the worst thing about stress is not that you're stressed out, but that it actually brings out the worst in everybody around you because they're all trying to figure out how to cope with you. And sometimes stress makes us unmanageable. It makes us unreasonable. Uh, It makes us difficult to be around. That wasn't in his notes. That was definitely the Holy Spirit. I don't know who that was for. (laughs) People literally are buried every day in America. They die because of stress-induced causes and sicknesses. Because stress, it's destructive. So we've talked a little about the certainty of stress. Let's talk about the cause, the cause of stress. I want to mention two main causes this morning about stress, and it's accelerated during this time of the year. The first thing is people. Somebody say people. 
Somebody say, of course it's not me. It's somebody else. It's those people. It's the other people, right? When you think about all the extended family that is gathering together for Christmas, what comes to mind? Tinsel or tension? Can't you just hear pastor saying that? Tinsel or tension? Happiness or headaches? I don't know what comes to mind for you when you think about all your family gathering. But for some reason, when family gathers together and all the excitement that comes along with it, it brings as much excitement for some people like going to the dentist. The only thing that is better about going to the dentist is he actually gives you Novocaine. See, the all-family gatherings reminds us oftentimes of why we left home in the first place. (laughs) Now, if my family, which they're probably not, but if my brother perhaps finds out that I was speaking, or my mom, and hears this, it's not you, it's the other people. It's not the reason why I left home, mom and brother. (laughs) We're talking about the cause of stress right now. And too often, it's people. That was the case for Adam. You guys remember the story in the garden when Adam was created and, and God had came to him and was trying to figure out what was going on. And Adam said to God, he said, well, the problem is the woman that you gave me. She was stressing him out. And, the, and then as we look at the story of Moses, and there's many times Moses felt this way in Exodus chapter 32. The Lord said to Moses, I see how stubborn and how rebellious these people are that you're trying to lead Moses. These guys were stressed out. It was their problem, just like it can be our problem as well. People can be the main cause for our stress, and this stress comes to us through their unreasonable expectations. You know, the boss can come busting in your life during this time of the year with everything that's going on and all the stuff you're trying to manage and take care of, and he comes down, and your inbox is already full of things you need to take care of, and he dumps something else and gives you a a big assignment and puts it on the top of your sack and says, hey, I'm sure that, you know, you being the lovely assistant that you are, you being the awesome, helpful person that you are, you love this company so much more than you love your own position. It's all about the whole, right? We teach that in management and leadership. It's all about the whole. So I'm sure you won't mind having this done for me by the end of the day. Our spouse looks over at us and says, hey, by the way, in the middle of you working and, and, and doing everything that you're doing, I've committed you to purchasing all the gifts for our family, and you're going to make sure also to deliver all the secret Santa gifts to the family. You got this, baby. Um, by the way, I just, my wife is so awesome. We had a deal early on in marriage um, I like to cook. She's not a fan of cooking. And so kind of just due to that, I just did a lot of the grocery shopping. And I hate Christmas shopping. I don't know why. I just, I'm not a fan of it. And so we made this deal that I would grocery shop all year long if she would do the Christmas shopping for us. So that meant like thinking through the presents and making the list. And so that worked really, really well until we started having kids. And, and then the kids started needing food before I could get off work and go grocery shopping. And so now she got stuck with both. So publicly, babe, I'm so sorry, but you are a rock star, grocery shopping, buying all the gifts. I took a picture last year. Um, it, man, I got berated. And it, it was probably some of you. As a matter of fact, I, it probably, it, it was. I know. I took a picture of like, the gift card wall at like uh, Walmart, and I was like, Christmas shopping time. Psh, took a picture of that. And um, 
put it on Facebook, and oh my gosh, man, I mean, I was the most thoughtless Delia, wasn't I, Delia? I mean, can you imagine the people who, who would have possibly posted on that? Maybe even you, just, just like, just like ripped me a new one, was like, how thoughtless, how unbelievable. You should have thought about the gifts that these people wanted. Don't you want that? Don't you want people to consider what you like and buy you gifts? Anyways, they're unreasonable expectations. The next thing, all stress up. People, we've noticed that they have unrealistic expectations and uncompromising attitudes. A wife said to her husband, I knew when I married you that your last name was right. But what I didn't know is that your first name was always. You get it? Always right. Mr. or Mrs. always right can cause you a whole lot of stress. And it's amazing how people with limited information on situations can be such professionals at situations. There is a leadership book. Oh, man, some people are like, hey, hallelujah, preach that. Go ahead, say amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let it out. There's a leadership book that one time said this, that the average pastor in America leaves church, their church, resigns their church prematurely only because of three people. Three people can cause so much stress in one person's life. And I would also add to not just pastors, but bosses and CEOs and leaders and some of you who are, who are leading in organizations or just working amongst managers and leaders. You leave because just one person stresses you out. The uncompromising attitudes of a few can cause you a lot of stress at work, at home, or anywhere else. People cause us a lot of stress. Their unrealistic expectations, their uncompromising attitudes, and also through their untamed tongue. It got quiet and there got a couple amens in the house. James 3 and 6 says this, the tongue is a fire. Somebody say fire. fire. A world of iniquity. No man can tame the tongue. It's unruly evil and it's full of dead poison. I've never found this scripture to be so true in life. Not as much by listening to others, but by hearing the own words out of my own mouth. I agree with James. No one can tame the tongue, but we can learn to tame it down. Do we all understand that just because something pops into our brain doesn't always mean it needs to come flying out of our mouth? Here's what I've learned. Well, here's what Pastor has learned, but I've also, <laughs> I've also learned the same thing, of course, by listening to him, is that I've never regretted something I didn't say. Have you? I've never hurt anyone's feelings or gotten myself into trouble or shot myself in the foot for something I didn't say, have you? We're talking about the two main causes of stress, and even more during the Christmas season. First is the people, and the second is the pressure. Somebody say pressure. Proverbs 24 and 10 says, if you fall under pressure, your strength is too small. Everyone encounters pressure, some more than others. Some of it comes naturally because of, the, of your position or your situation in life or your role at work uh, or the fact that um, your finances can bring extra pressure on you. But much of the pressure that we deal with in life is often self-imposed because of our own lack of organization. I can tell you it was mine for my first many, many years in my professional ministry career. Stress came because of a lack of organization. So many of your kids are stressed out during test time because of their procrastination. 
And some of you that were stressed out during test times when you were in high school, it was because of procrastination, and it hasn't changed. So still because of procrastination, you're still stressed out at times, right? Kind of like the pile of laundry that my poor wife had to fold. Okay, whoa. Okay, I could be quickly getting in trouble here, and I'm not trying to. I'm just saying we had this, we had the crib, like literally a baby crib, overflowing <laughs> with clean clothes yesterday. And our procrastination led us to hours of folding. I would, led my wife to hours of folding. Let's give credit <laughs> where the credit is due. I can't even say I put anything away because I just put away two small stacks of uh, shirts. Um, anyways, our tendency to be people pleasers is often a reason for our stress or our unwillingness to say the magical word, no. Give it a try. One, two, three. No. Say it like you mean it. That was written in pastor's notes. (laughs) (laughs) Pressure comes to us through many different means. Let's mention a couple of them. First thing is deadlines. There is much work that needs to be completed by this day. Deadlines. They they stress us out. They bring pressure. December the 25th is a huge deadline for so many of us. Shopping, cooking, decorating, Christmas cards. Well, hopefully you're not sending Christmas cards out by December 25th. And Christmas parties all have to be done by the 25th. Deadlines. The next thing, too. Decisions. Where are we going to go for the holidays? Whose family member is going to get our awesome, wonderful presents and who is going to get robbed? How much money are we going to spend at Christmas? Which invitations to all of these parties, because we are so awesome that we are invited to, which invitations are we going to say yes to, and which are we going to say no to? Sorry, that's not our case. The only parties I got invited to for Christmas was the church Christmas party. <laughs> I'm not that popular. You know, I just wanted to make you feel good. Y'all probably got a lot of, oh, poor guy. The next thing, number three, demands. The pressures, demands. Demands bring pressure on us. Hey, go here, go there, do this, do that, buy this, buy that. Mama says you haven't been home for Christmas in two years. And you say, I know, Mom, but you live in Alaska. We have five kids. And your mom looks at you like, and? So? The next thing that brings a lot of pressure is number four is desires. Mom desires for little Johnny to get this for Christmas. And Daddy desires for big sissy to get this playhouse in the backyard built for Christmas. Our desires to fulfill our children's desires during the holiday time and gifts and presents can bring a lot of pressure upon us during this time of the year. The title of the message is All Stress Up for Christmas. Somebody say, All Stress Up. up. Hey, for too many Americans... The favorite part of Christmas season is when it's all over. It's all fun, like, as soon as you start getting all excited about it, and then, like, that excitement doesn't last long. It's just when it's over. Actually, not really when it's over. It's when all the decorations are taken down. That's when it's fun. Because it's not even fun when it's over on the 25th, because you're still looking at the tree, and you're still looking at those Christmas lights that you put up to be joyful for the holidays. You've got to take them all down. Should have hired somebody. Stress can certainly drain out all the joys of Christmas. Now, I know you're looking at me and say, Sean, we get it. There's a lot of stress. But is there a cure? Yes. 
Yes, there's a cure. There is good news for you. So the truth about stress is it is certain, and we understand the causes for stress, but there is a cure for the stress, and there is good news, and here it is. Number three, the cure. Let me give you three things when we talk about the cure today. The first thing is, if we want to cure our stress, we need to focus on the reason for the season. I'm sure you smarty pants out there already had the word focus in there. Who, who had the word focus already written in? Raise your hand. Raise it high. Raise it high. Raise it high. Give them a... Good job. Good job, guys. Wow, you're incredible. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 6 through 14, we're going to read this together because this is the reason for the season. And while they were there, the Bible says, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snuggly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. Verse 11 says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today, the city of David, and you will recognize him by, by giving them this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly strips of cloth lying in a manger. Verse 13. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. That is what Christmas should be focused on. It shouldn't be focused on toys. It shouldn't be focused on trees. It's not centered around family, and it's not centered around food as much as I love food and love watching the Food Network and trying to find out new things to make and smelling food and thinking about it and buying ingredients. And <clears throat> Neither should it be around presents or church programs. Or pecan pie, because pecan pie is nasty, of course, and pecan pie starts with a P, just as presents and programs do. So we had to put pecan pie in there, but pecan pie is nasty. So that's why Christmas is not surrounded by pecan pie. If somebody gives me pecan pie, just call me and I will give it to you. I'll probably give it to the pastor because he loves pecan pie. Bring him pecan pie. The cure for an overloaded, unmanaged, stressed Uh, stressed out life during the holiday season is just going back to the simplicity of Christmas, to the baby in the manger, to the Son of God that came to take away the sins of the world, the birth of our Savior, our hope, our healer, our helper. The Bible says in Isaiah 6, or Isaiah chapter 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of a peace. We've got to focus on the reason for the season, and that reason is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. He is the reason for our season. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, an angel spoke to Joseph and said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save people from their sins. That, my friends, is the reason for this season. We need the hope 
of this season. We need the baby in the manger because we could never be made right in the sight of God without him. If you're all stressed out and stressed up during this Christmas season, perhaps it's because you have allowed yourself to get caught up in the retail of Christmas, which has caused some of us to possibly forget about the reason for Christmas. We're talking about the cure. The first cure is focusing on the reason. The second cure is somebody say, fight the urge to compete. Somebody say that real loud. Fight the urge to compete. Say it again. Fight the urge to compete. I know. The competitive spirit, God put it in us. And some of you, that, that's what makes you successful. That's what makes you driven. That's what makes you so awesome. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 12, it is not wise to compare yourself with others. Much of the stress that we bring to ourselves during this holiday season is because we're trying to keep up with others. Sometimes you're even trying to keep up with how well you did last year at Christmas, but you just aren't doing that good this year at Christmas, and that's okay. The living room doesn't need to be packed from wall to wall with presents for your kids to have a good Christmas unless you taught them that Christmas is about gifts. Then, of course, you would be failing if the room is not full of presents. I... I, I didn't even know that was funny, but I, I guess you guys thought it was funny. Is my zipper down? Or that was just really funny. Good. Okay, good. I just, I'm not sure what's going on here. Many Americans are playing make-believe, especially the ones that you're competing with. Because oftentimes they can't afford the lifestyle that they have. They can't afford the presents that they're buying. Credit cards are going up. Second mortgages are being taken. I know that's insane and that's crazy, but some people do it refinancing, uh, owing more on their cars because they've refinanced them and, and now they're paying twice of what their cars are actually worth just because they're trying to keep it up. So here is the encouragement that pastor, isn't it amazing that pastor can encourage you when he's not even here? Here's the encouragement from him now. Stop it. Stop it now. Get off the debt merry-go-round because it goes around and around and around and around and you get nowhere. Fight the urge to compete. Don't you know that many of the people that you're fighting and competing with are drowning in a sea of debt, and the Bible actually calls them slaves? I don't know about you, but I don't want anyone calling me a slave. I'm not a slave to nobody. We might think that. We might feel that. But if we have debt, we are. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 7, the borrower is a servant to the lender. So many people, the joy of Christmas is quickly drained as soon as January comes and you get that credit card bill and you got to pay that thing off or you don't have money to pay it off and you got to pay the minimum on it, which is even worse because most of that is just interest and you're not getting anywhere. Fight the urge to compete. Number three, free yourself from guilt. Don't allow people to make you feel guilty because you don't meet their unrealistic expectations. Don't allow yourself to feel guilty because you didn't spend as much on them this year as you did last year. Or because their present is bigger than yours. And you feel like, well, they gave me this big present, so I have to give them a good present back. Don't compete. Stop competing. Take yourself out of the competition and do your very best that you can do with what God has given you in every area of your life and just leave it at that. The problems, it's everyone else's problem. Don't make it your problem. 
See, here's the truth. The truth is that we are personally responsible for what we say yes and no to and who we compete with and who we don't compete with. I have found in my life that much of the stress that I carry or the frustration that I think, I can't believe they did that and now I have to do that. Well, usually it's my fault because I'm doing it. Just don't do it. I've had to learn to take personal responsibility for my actions and what I allow others to drive me to do. That's why it's important to say the words, no, or I'm not going to respond to that text. I'm not going to respond to that email. I'm not going to respond to that Facebook post that you just put up. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. No, 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 because I'm not going to stress it. I can't let someone else's stress and someone else's worries and, and their unrealistic expectations be poured down on me. And if I do, guess whose fault it is? Mine. First Peter 5 and 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. Folks, there's some family that you have that you just need to say no to. And if you're still letting them stress you out after all of these years... You ought to do what 1 Peter 5 and 7 says. Give your worries to the Lord because he cares about you. This is why the baby came. This is why Jesus came and died on the cross. He came because he has something awesome to bring to you, and that is his peace. Here's what our takeaway is. Control your stress or your stress will control you. Don't allow stress to rob you the joys of Christmas.